Join me in stepping up to a Nordic Track treadmill with iFit. iFit controls speed, incline, and decline, meaning that as an on-screen trainer leads you through a global or studio workout, the machine automatically mimics the changing terrain or adjusts the speed to the trainer's cues without you having to touch a thing. Explore Nordic Track treadmills at nordictrack.com. Superfood, super deal. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition that tastes great. To get 15% off any product, go to Organifi.com slash AMR and use promo code AMR. AMR is a small but mighty business. Every single hire needs to fit just right. That's why we're working with Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash AMR. Offer valid through March 31, 2021. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Liz Waterstrot. Hello, Liz. Hi, Sarah. How's Portland today? It is sunny. It is beautiful. Uh, it was 34 degrees when I went running this morning, but um, yeah, yeah. How, how goes life in Chicago or outside Chicago, I should say? Cold. We're, we're back to a cold spell. So this <laughs> podcast today is very timely. It was... It was about, like you said, 34 degrees, same here, when I went running. Oh, see, but what what do you wear when it's 34 degrees and dry? I, okay, I wore capris. Yep, same. Mm-hmm. A long sleeve top mm-hmm. and gloves. Oh, no, no outerwear at all? No, no. Look at you. Wow, I, I wear a vest. Okay. That might not have been a bad idea. I I can't say that I was really warm, but <laughs> I would, I would rather be a little cold than yes. overheating. I can't stand, can't stand being hot on a run. Oh, you know, by my own devices, I can't stand it. Oh, I, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and gloves or no mittens, nothing. I did have gloves. But I kind of went between taking them on and off because my hands would get hot and then they would get cold and then they yeah. would get hot. So, so I don't mind. I'm I'm one of those people who really likes to hold things when I run. So oh, huh. I don't mind holding the gloves. That's unusual. Like, I wonder if that's like something from your childhood or something. Just I have to run away with things in my hands. No, to like the, <laughs> like walking around with like a security blanket or something. <laughs> um, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have one. Each of my children has security blankets uh-huh. to the point where when we travel, I think to myself, when will this phase be over? So we have to stop carrying around this caboodle of blankets and uh, stuffed animals and. Yeah. My youngest guy has this this thing called old guy. <laughs> and so what is old guy? So it's a shrunken it's, apple head doll. No, it's it's like a like a little lovey, a little blanket that has I asked him once, I said, Mason, what is old guy? And he said, It's comfort, love, and part dog. <laughs> because it has the head of a dog and it's tattered, it's smelly, it's got holes. Um, but old guy has actually traveled outside of the country. Wow. Without yeah, a passport. Right. Without a passport. We almost lost him. We were on a cruise and we were departing the cruise ship uh-huh. and we realized we didn't have old guy. And <gasps> this, this is how close it got. My husband goes running down the hall because he could see the, the person going into our cabin to clean it out. <laughs> yes. And the guy literally has the garbage can in his hand about to empty it. And Chris goes, no, I, I need to look in there. And sure enough, old guy was in there. <laughs> it was such a close call. <laughs> the panic. I, I have adrenaline coursing through my own veins just <laughs> listening to this story. <laughs> I don't even know how we got on this topic. But- I just was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, wait, how did, oh, because of you needing to hold something while right. you run. No, and, and the kids needing these items of security everywhere they go. Oh, well, okay. So Phoebe, my older daughter, who is now 19, she moved into an apartment with two friends on February 1st. And so, you know, I was helping her carry stuff out to the car. And there in one of her boxes was her beloved stuffed animal, whose name is Leonard. 
and Leonard was wrapped up in what we call in our house a word that she made up, which is lubbly, and lubbly is a lovey blanket. Um, that was just her. So we still call it. So uh, so there is Leonard wrapped in the lubbly and kind of swaddled. And so and I said, oh, you, that's so dear. You're taking Leonard. She looked at me. She's like, of course I'm taking Leonard, mom. What am I going to do? Leave him here? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Isn't that funny how they just so, you know, one thing I wish I had known when I was an early parent is choose your your lovely or your yes. Leonard or your old guy wisely because mm-hmm. it you're in it for the long haul with this thing oh it's yeah and so if, if, it, if it's like some like ugly you know buck <laughs> or tooth creepy looking doll it's going with you right <laughs> oh, oh yeah oh my gosh it's taken me so back and I knew that from having Phoebe so then when we had the twins I'm like okay I'm gonna make sure I present them with the right thing and so i have a a colleague from a million years ago she made the most adorable fleece blankets for the for my twins and i'm like yes i am going to introduce these as the lovely and somehow they took so i'm like yes i have the totally cute you know they're distinctive so i know which one was you know my girl twin which one was my boy twins it was it was well played on my part yeah (laughs) Oh my. <laughs> so, well, I could have used a, a comfort item. Actually, on my birthday is when I found out that the marathon that you and Coach Jen were going to be training me for through heart rate training was canceled for a second year in a row. That is oh. the Missoula Marathon. Oh, I'm, I'm, that's so hard. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so wh- where are you at with that? Yes. So, you know, I had barely gotten into training. Um, and so, you know, immediately my mind starts thinking, oh, which other marathon can I do? Which other marathon can I do? So I'm scouting around and then I kind of step back from it and I thought, you know, like I really want to do Missoula Marathon 2022. We are going to be the featured speakers. Dimity and I are going to be the featured speakers. Third time's the charm. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I really am excited for that marathon. And, you know, like I said, I just had a birthday, got another year older, and my days of doing one or two marathons a year are behind me. Mm. And I just, I'm in really, I'm in really good shape right now. My body feels really good. I don't have any even niggling things that tell me that they might turn into an injury, but I know how quickly that can change. And so I have decided that I'm not going to do a marathon this year and I will wait for the Missoula marathon next year. Well, it sounds like you made the right choice for you. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that you thought through it, but also I like that you're making a decision based on where you're at Mm -hmm. and, and thinking, thinking about the big picture, the long haul with wanting to stay running and stay healthy. So good for you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I just, and I, there was a part of me that also thought, well, like, cause the marathon that I was thinking about doing, it's uh, mid August. It's um, outside of Seattle. It's um, called Tunnel Vision and it's the same course. They do the same organization, puts on several marathons a year running the same course, but because of the limitations of the space on the course itself, in part because it starts almost through two miles of old converted railroad tunnel at the beginning, they have to limit the number of racers in any year. And so I just sort of thought, well, there's people who really, really, really want to do that race. So why don't I just step aside and here, go take my place in line. I'm just going to wait over here. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel a burning desire for it. So why put myself through that? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, all right, well, um, figure you have alluded a tiny bit to the topic, but it is, um, so as people are listening to this podcast, if they're jumping on the first day, um, tomorrow, March, uh, March 20th is the first day of spring in the Northern hemisphere, since we have, um, listeners from around the globe want to just point that out. So wanted to talk about how to get yourself out of a winter rut. And our guest is going to be your closest cohort, 
in the AMR family, and that being Jennifer Harrison, who is a multi-time Ironman finisher. She's the mom of college-age twins, and along with you is the heart rate training and triathlon coach in our Train Like a Mother Club. And so, Liz, as you know, you're going to hop into the guest chair while we take a quick break, and then you and Jen will talk to us about how people can pull themselves out of a winter rut, however they define that. So stay with us. One way I busted out of a winter running rut? By hopping on my brand new Nordic Track Commercial 2950 treadmill. Holla! Yup, the same spankin' model treadmill as the one in our giveaway last week. It has iFit interactive connective technology, which lets me leave my routine runs and my garage far behind. With a massive touchscreen, iFit transports you to an energetic studio workout class or breathtaking locations filmed in more than 40 countries across all seven continents. Amazingly motivating trainers lead you in a series that takes you from, say, your current three miles to a session up to completing a 10K distance over the course of 30 or 40 workouts. My 15-year-old daughter is currently seeing the sights of Vietnam while training for her first 5K. Not up for running? iFit offers more than 60 types of workouts from yoga to Tabata, with new sessions added daily. The screen pivots so you can get off and easily see what you need to do during the various workouts. Like my daughter, I love traveling, in this case virtually, to far-flung locations on our Nordic Track treadmill with iFit. It's really pretty mind-blowing how lush and close enough to touch everything looks on the treadmill screen, whether the sienna-colored hoodoos of Bryce National Park or heather-covered Scottish Highlands. The sights and sounds, namely trainers sharing history and nature details on locations, make the miles pass quickly. To see all Nordic Track has to offer, from treadmills to bikes, ellipticals, and rowers, all with the iFit technology, head to nordictrack.com. That's N-O-R-D-I-C-T-R-A-C-K.com. See where you can go with Nordic Track with iFit. Another mother runner has been in the biz for more than a decade, yet it's still a small business. So when we make a hire, it has to be the right person. No room or patience for missteps or rehires. Indeed can ensure your business makes smart hiring decisions and continues its relentless forward motion. I mean, isn't that what all of us runners want in the end? Indeed.com is a hiring site that helps you find quality candidates with Indeed Instant Match. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates, you guessed it, instantly. This allows you to do the part you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Instead of having to sift through countless candidates, Instant Match ensures you see a list of great candidates right away. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality shortlist faster. With Indeed, you can pause your account at any time. You only pay for what you need, and there are no long-term contracts. And according to the Industry Insider Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Do you want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed. Right now, get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash AMR. This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash AMR. Indeed.com slash AMR. Offer valid through March 31, 2021. Terms and conditions apply. I don't know about you guys, but some days I really nail my nutrition and some days I fall way short, like goldfish and Oreos all day long, kind of short. But ever since I've been using Organifi blends, I don't beat myself up too much on the bad days because it's all about balance, right? Organifi blends like my favorite Organifi green and red juices are quick and complete. Their blends are gently dried superfood powder that's easy to use. Simply mix it with water for quality nutrition in less than 30 seconds. No shop shopping, shopping, juicing, or blending. And I feel good about the fact that I am starting the day off right with the nutrients my body needs to get through the work, kids, home, laundry, dinner, everything else juggle. Simply put, Organifi powder is juice that's gently dried. Some of the green juice ingredients are spirulina, the nutrient-dense blue-green algae loaded with antioxidants, wheatgrass, mint, and turmeric. It contains less than three grams of sugar per serving. Organifi uses the highest quality plant-based ingredients that taste delicious mixed with just water. The superfoods in Organifi green juice were chosen for their unique ability to reset your body, balance your hormones, and rejuvenate your body. I drink it before my morning run, and I don't think it's a coincidence that I felt more energetic on my workout and at the desk the rest of the day. 
To get 15% off any product, go to Organifi.com slash AMR and use promo code AMR. That's 15% off any product at O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash AMR with promo code AMR. It's key you spell it correctly so Organifi knows we sent you. Again, it's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash AMR with promo code AMR. Well, Jen, great to have you back on the show. What has been keeping you busy these days? Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, well, goodness, I, you know, nothing. <laughs> I, I just have so much to say, but I'm not going to say it all. You know, obviously, work. I've turned into more of a workaholic, which is not mm-hmm. good. I, my mm-hmm. kids left in the fall for college, and I have been dealing with an immense, actually, an immense amount of guilt. And I mm. never thought that I would have that kind of guilt. Cause I just don't feel that I just, it's not one of those things I think about too often. Wait, but, wait, wait, why, why guilt describe what type of guilt? Yeah. You know, the guilt that I've like kind of chased my tail for the last 18 years oh. with the kids and running the business and being a good friend and a good wife and everything else that all of us do. Right. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden when you have either a single child or multiples they're gone. And I was fine with them being gone. That's not the issue. I'm not like one of those, you know, like, Oh, they're gone. No. But then I had a time on my hands, which I've never had before. And so Mm -hmm. then I was like, found myself getting done with work. And like, usually I'm rushing off to the soccer games or I'm rushing off to all the park district stuff. And Mm -hmm. it took me a long time to really breathe and and try to figure out what to do. And my guilt, because I have so many good friends that have kids, Elizabeth's one of them, that has all these little kids and all the homeschooling and COVID and Mm -hmm. the pandemic and the amount of guilt that I had because I had time now that I never had. I really, and even my sit, my dear sister has three kids too, like Elizabeth, and she's a teacher and she was just struggling. And I, Mm -hmm. I just, I just, yeah, I had to kind of work through all that guilt. That's interesting. Thank you for sharing that with us. Hmm. Boo hoo! All this free time for Jen Harris. I know. Well, see, I, I almost—that's why I haven't said anything because kidding? I know snarky Elizabeth would be like, uh, "Well, Elizabeth doesn't have two minutes to rub together." And see, this is exactly kind of the, why I've been struggling with it, and why I don't talk about it, is because people that have three kids and running a—you know, she's running her business and she's got three little kids and homeschool—not homeschooling by choice, but whatever. She's crazy yeah. too. So yeah, it's been—it's been really, it's been kind of awkward for me. Yeah. 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 So Liz slap some masks on those kids and send them over at Jen's house, man. Oh, I would I, love it. I'm thinking, yeah, she's um, the Jen Harrison Academy. Oh, oh my. I'll just, well, you know, Jen, that includes sugar. I'll put them in an Uber. <laughs> I'll just tell the driver, just drop them off. It's all good. I would take them. I would take them. She knows this. I've, I've offered many times, like, please, I want your kids. I'll take them. I really will. <laughs> she is good. Jen. If, if we had all day, Sarah, I'd tell you all the stories about when Jen has watched my kids. Aww. But can I give you two quick highlights? Yes. Yes, please. So I think it was Mason who was still in a car seat. And remember, Jen had kids like in 1970. And so. But yes, car seats so, have evolved. They, they, they had evolved since the prehistoric times. And so she takes my kids to the car and she, I she had put the car seat in her car. Well, she couldn't get the car seat out of the base. So she just took Mason in the car seat with the base <laughs> to the park. And I think one mom looked at her like, is this your first rodeo? <laughs> so that's, story. That's, that is it's true. Okay. And here, and, and this segues from what we had talked about. So Jen, we were actually talking about old guy. You missed that whole conversation. Oh, so another time Jennifer graciously offered to watch my children and Mason, of course, needs his old guy. Well, <laughs> Jen headed home and she lives a good 60 minutes from me. Well, she had accidentally taken <gasps> old guy home and it was, it was like a Friday night rush hour. And so <laughs> I, I look at the map and it would have been like a two hour drive. And I said, we, I need that old guy or else he's not going to sleep. So we call an Uber. No, we do. We put, she puts old guy into the Uber in a bag. In a bag was like a drug deal. Like I, like the guy look, literally the Uber guy looked at me and I go, I go, don't, please don't ask. It's just, a, I go, it's not drugs. I promise. <laughs> old, it was something like maybe an hour later, this car pulls up in front of my house, rolls down the window. And, and it was like a $38 Uber ride. 
I can't believe it was so back. little money. Well, that was that was like <laughs> that was before Uber was hot. I was about to say because with surge pricing, my gosh, I thought you were going to tell me it would be like a hundred and thirty dollar trip to it get was the old. Best thirty eight bucks she's ever spent. Yeah, it was. It was worth it. <laughs> so, so if you let Jen watch your kids now that she has all this free time, if you send them to the Jen Harrison Academy, uh, say a prayer. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm almost sorry that we have to switch topics now. Um, so, so as I often do, I solicited questions from our community on Facebook, and as they often do. I just love the variety of interpretations of the question that just delights me to see how people read a question and like what their idea of a rut is. So, um, yeah, so let's just jump into it. So Michelle, and, and I know you gals are pros at who answers which, so I'll let you all do the psychic, you know, no, Jen, you take it. Um, so Michelle says that she's definitely been in a winter rut. And so where should she start mileage mileage wise when she gets back into running more regularly? So she says that she went from about 30 miles a week and then to just about 10 miles. So how should she jump back in with the same distance that um, she's done very little over the winter? And so how does she get back to that longer weekly mileage? Elizabeth, why don't you start and then we'll just rotate. Okay, sure. So she really wants to ease back into it. You know, there's, there's the old rule, never increase your volume more than 10%. It, it sounds like she's an experienced runner. She might not have to stick to, because think about it, 10% of 10 miles is one mile. So it would take a really long time to get back up to those 30 miles. But I would say, you know, the first week she's back out there, I think she would be okay with maybe 12 to 15 miles a week and then slowly increasing it. And then once she gets to that 20 mark, even more slowly increasing it, but, you know, just slow and steady with how much volume you increase and keeping those miles easy as she tacks them on, making mm -hmm. sure we're not increasing volume at the same time we're increasing our intensity. Mm -hmm. Um, that was so good. I was trying to write that all down so it could be a quote and I, I'll have to remember it to ask this next question. So, all right, this question is from one Jennifer and now to another. Um, she asks, how do I avoid injuring myself as I ramp up my mileage? Everything hurts after a long winter of sporadically running. Yeah, it's of course another great question. So one of the things that I think people forget about with when we get back to running is it's not necessarily, you know, it's the ligaments and the tendons that need to be, you need to ease into the running. So what I would recommend is start all your runs with some dynamic stretching. If you can, mm -hmm. I know that people are time crunched. Um, for the record, I am not, but um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, all I do is dynamic stretching now um, for 20 or 30 minutes. It's glorious. Um, but, you know, the, the flip side of that is you get older, so you have to do that. So that's God's way of protecting you. But anyway, um, do some dynamic stretching, some active movements, uh, some like just some like knee lifts and, you know, you don't have to jump or anything like that. Just kind of some movement. Um, and then what I would do is I would walk a little bit for five minutes or something like that, and then kind of ease into your running. One of the things that's really important is you just don't start kind of back to Elizabeth's earlier point. You just don't start too hard or too fast. Keep things mm -hmm. very easy. You should be able to talk and kind of ease into running again. Um, and the general rule of running is let's try not to increase your volume more than five to 8% per week. So if you were running one mile, then you might run one mile Monday, then Wednesday, then Friday, and then Saturday, you might go up to 1.2, um, something like that. Um, you know, so that you're doing it all gradually and, and smart, letting your body adjust to it. Mm -hmm. And how long do you think that adjustment's going to take? Yeah, the greatest thing is is you you'll see progress pretty quickly, but that adjustment mm. would probably take mm, you know three weeks or something. I think the first couple of weeks tend to be a little the most riskiest. So mm. you have to start slow, be patient, mm -hmm. be, mm -hmm. give yourself some grace, and then I think after a couple minutes, a couple minutes, a couple of weeks, you mm -hmm. can start to kind of 
get into it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So Stephanie says she would love suggestions for simple, innovative ways to spice up runs that remain solo. Um, Stephanie, we thank you for your concern for the health of, of yourself and others. Um, so she says she's been running the same three routes all by herself for the past year. And she asks, how can I make running interesting and fun again? Well, my first suggestion would be, let's find that fourth route that you're going to run. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And, and I, and I know that there are routes we choose for safety and convenience, or just because mentally, sometimes it's easy just to do things that we know, and we can anticipate what's coming next, but maybe branch out, mm -hmm. um, maybe run the same route in reverse. Yeah. Maybe, maybe do a combo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other thing would be to toss in that, that fun little word that all runners love, which would be fartlicks. So mm -hmm. that's just, you know, the Swedish word for speed play. Mm -hmm. And there's no set pattern to it. So a fart lick can be anywhere from, let's say, 20 seconds to up to um, a minute. And you just run at varied intensities. And it can be as simple as I'm going to pick it up until the next street corner or pick it up at the fire hydrant. And just nice little ways to inject some speed and spontaneity into the run mm -hmm. rather than just, you know, clicking along at the same stale pace. Mm -hmm. um, and how about... Um, something that I learned to inject into runs from doing heart and soul training last year before Missoula got canceled, which was doing drills, you know, some of which Jen alluded to during the run. Um, so I mean, doing, you know, kind of karaoke or B steps or a steps or that type of thing. Great idea. Yeah. Adding in some skips, some shuffles, karaoke, high knees, mm -hmm. um, just a nice way to break things up. Mm -hmm. There are three different words, karaoke, karaoke, uh, like <laughs> the name of the place where I get my acai bowls is still a different word that's just like that, <laughs> you know, it's just so confusing. It's so confusing. <laughs> um, all right. So Elizabeth, Emily wants to know the best way to acclimate to weather if you can't get out. So she says she's been needing to use the treadmill because... Um, all her young kids are at home all the time and her husband has a busy schedule. So she says she can't get outside often. So how to kind of ease from being out in that, that controlled environment on the treadmill to, to heading outside. And again, also because, you know, the weather can be so capricious and it's warm one day and, you know, 34 the next, whether you're in Chicago or Portland. So. Yes. So unless she's going from indoors to let's say 80 degrees, I'm, I'm not sure that she needs to specifically acclimate to the conditions, but you know, even when you do get out there and it's 50 or 60, it still just feels different. Mm -hmm. And so maybe one way to get used to that type of difference or discomfort would be to slightly overdress on, on a treadmill run. Now that's not very enjoyable. So keep that in mind, you know, you're going to be feeling more uncomfortable, sweating a little bit more. So you'll want to make sure that your hydration is really good. But if you're just wanting to get used to just the, the mental difference or the discomfort, when you go from indoors to outdoors, mm -hmm. you could try overdressing. So putting on a long sleeve shirt when you're indoors running or not running without a fan or mm -hmm. excuse me, running without a fan, if you normally have the fan on. So mm -hmm. just something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because it's not as extreme as someone, you know, going from Minneapolis to, you know, Florida or Cancun on a vacation during normal times and then wanting to run when she's there, you know, so it's, it's not as dramatic as minus 20 to 80 and humid. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So all right. Um, well, Liz touched on hydration there. So Amber asks, how will my hydration needs change as the temperature starts to increase? And Jen, do you want to take that one? Sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. So with aim to, aim to take in about 20 to 24 ounces of fluids an hour, um, that is kind of a baseline number. And then we can increase it from there, depending on how good Amber's feeling when she's running and um, if she is someone that sweats a lot or if she's in a hot environment, hotter environment. Um, so 20 to 24 ounces in an hour and carry that on the run. So if, if 
the runners aren't used to carrying fluids with them. It's a kind of a big transition. It's kind of hard mm-hmm. to figure out how to carry it. And some of the best ways to do that is a hydration vest. You can carry a handheld water bottle. Um, mm-hmm. You can carry uh, the, the, the fuel belts that go around your waist um, mm-hmm. that carry all the different fluids. And try to um, start with something that has electrolytes. The electrolytes will help um, you through some of the heat and the sweating, because in your sweat, you're losing salt and, you know, everything else that you're losing. So try to replace that with something like a noon, um, something like that. So that's what I would do. Aim for 20 to 24 ounces of fluids an hour. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you all have water fountains on the routes that you all run? And are Uh, they on yet? Yeah. So they're not on in Mm. here quite yet. Um, and the water fountains, it's interesting you bring this up. And I, I can't see Elizabeth, but I know she's thinking the same thing I am. So water fountains, if you're on a shorter run, are okay. If you're on a run that's longer than 60 or 75 minutes, we don't mm-hmm. consider water fountains a hydration plan. It's, really? Yes. Because what happens if you're out, and I can tell you 100 stories, but... What happens if you're out and it, during COVID and none of the water fountains work or mm-hmm. the park district has decided that they're going to service all the water fountains on a Saturday morning. So, yeah. you know, carry your fluids and the water fountains are your, your backup. So, and you're saying though, but let's say, let's say every water fountain that you ran near. And again, I realize I'm talking like an urban dweller where we do have water fountains. Let's say every water fountain was on and I'm out on, my eight, nine mile Saturday run. Is, is there something intrinsically quote unquote bad about water fountains for me to rely on those? If I know they're on, cause like here in Portland, we have what are called Benson bubblers. So they are continuously going that they, they um, even in the winter, they keep, you know, their the water's flowing. So it won't freeze. They were invented here in Portland. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, so there's a couple of Benson bubblers on my run. And, um, you know, and people who listen to this podcast know that um, I can, I'm not overly germ phobic. So the idea of drinking out of a water fountain, as long as my lips don't get near the metal, I'm fine with that. So I don't know, is there, yeah. you know, like, because, because you're not getting as much in your mouth, but like, I mean, I can stand there for a long time and get a mouthful and drink it and mouthful drink, you know, swallow that sort of thing. Sure. I mean, overall it's, it, that's fine, but okay. let's say that you were building your runs and you're going from you know, seven or eight miles and we're getting into 15, 16, 17 and 18. Yeah. That makes me a little nervous because. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm not. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. But yes, we're on the same page, but many of us don't live in the awesome town of Portland. Like, (laughs) and we don't have water fountains. is not something we have uh, in Chicago at all. Really downtown. There's some in the Mm -hmm. city, the heart of the city, but not the suburbs. Not along trails. Oh, God, no, because they free. I mean, there's some random ones in town. Sure. But nothing mm-hmm. we could ever rely on. Mm-mm. And they're always turned off. So they're turned off. I can't tell mm-hmm. you how many runs I've done over the years where the they don't turn them out to Memorial Day. Wow, that's that's being still overly 34 degrees here today. <laughs> I know, yeah. but it's 34 here. It's fine. Um, I mean, I know a lot of women also um, know gas stations or convenience stores that will let them go in and get a cup for free and, you know, fill it from the ice machine and that sort of thing. Um, so there's also mm-hmm. some people, some people do that. And if they have a rapport with, you know, their local convenience store manager that they can get their water that way too. Um so, and how about, I'm going to stick on the topic of hydration. How about pre, <laughs> how about pre-parting, you know, pre-loading? You know, I drink a, a really big 24 ounces of noon before I leave the house. Um, sometimes I also have like, you know, an athletic greens or, you know, Organifi. So I'm getting more fluid that way too. And then, so I go out for six miles and I don't bring anything with me. I'll, I'll jump in me. here. Yeah. I'll jump in here. I'm, I'm not a dietitian, so I'm, I'm not aware of the, the science and the chemistry behind it, but I don't think it quite works that way where if you drink a lot beforehand, mm-hmm. it meets your needs during, because you still have your sweat rate and you kind of need to counteract that. Mm-hmm. Now I'll agree that if you're just going out for like today, I went out for a 40 minute run, it's 34 degrees. 
hydration was not a priority today. But if you're someone who's six, let's say six miles takes you, you run in 12 minute miles and it takes you 72 minutes. Mm -hmm. You you sure do need some hydration on board. Even if you've just had a a nice, you know, big Nalgene bottle full of, of water before you left. So the daily hydration is really important. And we would consider that anything you're doing before the run, but during that run, you know, you still might be losing, gosh, some people, their sweat rate is over 40 ounces per hour. So it's not that you're going to replace all of that, but you mm-hmm. want to replace some of that. So you have a better quality run and mm-hmm. then you recover better from the run. We just talked about this in the, the love the run you're with uh, webinar the other day. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. All right. Spend a little extra time there on hydration. Thank you. Um, so, <laughs> so Aaron asks, if you do feel burned out, what's the best way to take a break and come back? What's a recommended break time from running to take without losing fitness if continuing other activities like biking and weights on the quote run hiatus? Uh, so the burnout. So she's feeling burnt out right now, or she's feeling that got, impending sense of burnout. <laughs> I got the sense <laughs> of it. <laughs> Let me, I know who this is. I know who Aaron is. Let me say, ah. I sense that she's feeling a little, she's feeling burnt out right now and wants to take that break. Okay. I think it's really important to listen to that. You know, we get burned out when we're just overwhelmed and oftentimes it's not by our running. It's mm-hmm. by everything else outside of our running. And mm-hmm. when someone says to me, Hey, I'm burnt out. I think, Hey, you're just tired. You're tired from life. Mm-hmm. And no wonder their t- people are tired right now. I mean, we've, we've been in our pandemic situation for a year and mm-hmm. I think it's just really weighing on people. Mm-hmm. So I would say if she has this overwhelming feeling of, I need a break, honor that, listen to it and take it. Now, as far as how long can I take a break before I lose fitness in running? Well, she would have to sit on her couch for a good six weeks to really decondition fully. Okay. But still the muscle memory would be there. And if she's tossing in some cross training, she can string her fitness along really well. What will be challenging as she gets back into running, especially if she takes, let's say three, four, five, six weeks off, what will be challenging is like Jen mentioned earlier in the, in our talk, adapting those muscles, ligaments, and tendons to the impact of running again. So she'll just want to ease back into it, even though her fitness will probably still be pretty good from cross training. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you come back from a break like that, because of that, do you, do you feel you're a little more open to the possibility of injury? Yes. Um, especially if you haven't done any impact activities. So the first month you come back, you're more at risk for a bone or, you know, bone stress injury. So Mm. just being patient as you get back into it, which might be tough because after that break, she might find that renewed love and enthusiasm for running and just want to get back out there. So just gradually ease into it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't be the horse for the barn when you come (laughs) back. (laughs) Um, um, So this is somewhat related. It comes from Brittany and she says, Um, Every spring, I take my bike into the local shop for a tune-up. What kind of tune-up maintenance, if any, should I be taking care of annually for myself or my running gear? found that an intriguing question. You know, that's a really, I'm glad that you asked that because not many people think about that. Um, Because we always think about it from a biking standpoint, you know, get a tune-up, make sure your (laughs) chain is all this. But with running, it's not something that people ask. So that's, it's really great that she's thinking about that. Some of the things I would focus on are obviously let's start with the running shoes. So Mm -hmm. running shoes need to be replaced and it depends on how you feel when you're running. But usually I tell people to replace them every 300 to 500 miles. Um, The older you get, I would replace them on the 300 side. If you have any aches, pains, niggles, anything that's kind of bothering you, then keep them in that same range. That's usually anywhere from... four or five, six months. So anything that's older than that, either donate or use them to walk or to, you know, go grocery shopping or whatever, and Mm -hmm. try to stay on a very, very regular cycle. One of the things that I do with my running shoes is I take a a Sharpie because you always think you're going to remember when you get your running shoes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, right. But who, I mean, never, never. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, I got these at Christmas. No. And then I can't remember. So a couple of things with running shoes, one, take a Sharpie, right on the inside of your shoe the day first day you run on them so that so if you get a new pair today you put 317 21 so that you always remember and it doesn't usually come off on your inside of your sole 
Um, the other thing that I would recommend, if you can afford it, buy a couple of the same pair and rotate those shoes. Mm -hmm. So for example, I have the same shoes. I have one pair in the basement that I run on the treadmill with. Of course I could take them outside. I just don't. Um, <laughs> another pair that I, I will run in, you know, and I alternate the days so that the shoes last a little bit longer. Obviously, yes, I've bought in a couple pairs of shoes, but the rotation of the shoes really kind of helps, uh, you know, longevity and just keeps, keeps you in fresher shoes longer. Can, can can I just say that I, I have two of the exact same pairs of shoes, but different colors. And <laughs> so I'm always like, Oh, I'll wear the you know, I wore the blue pair yesterday. This is a real life example. I wore the blue pair yesterday. So I'll wear the red pair today. Well, but my outfit, you know, was blue themed today. So I'm like, I don't care. I'm gonna wear the blue ones again. <laughs> yes. And hey, sometimes you have to do that. You have to buy different colors of shoes. I mean, that's like me, if there's ever a pink pair of shoes, of the brand and the model that I have, I buy a hundred of them, just a hundred. I would just buy all of them. See, but I got so surprised. Red is totally, it is not my color, not my color. And I just love my red running shoes. I just adore them. Well, and that's half the battle. If you look at your running shoes and you get excited, then we're pretty much winning. Right, right. It's so silly. <laughs> well, that's funny. Um, okay, so moving on from the running shoes, another thing that I would take care of is obviously make sure that Obviously, you have cute clothes and you buy new outfits and, and all that other stuff. That's really from the Mother Runner store, yeah, right? which is launching new merch on the twentieth. Yeah, right? okay, go ahead. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> that was not planned, everybody. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> Sarah did not pay me to say that. Yeah, right. Um, but no, I mean, I don't mean to be frivolous, but you know, if you can do it, then buy some fun, a new top or new tights or shorts or whatever. It just makes everything really fun. Um, the other thing too is some of this, I would make sure you have enough sports drink uh, that includes noon in your house. And mm -hmm. with that, obviously what we talked about earlier, hydration, how are you going to carry the hydration of vast bottles that, um, and the other thing that I would do is, uh, the self-care stuff. So make mm -hmm. sure that if you can, um, you know, afford it and swing it, you're comfortable. Some of the massage appointments, some of the stretching appointments, um, physical therapy, you know, I'm not saying that you necessarily need it all, but I keep on, on a regular basis on my schedule. Um, mm -hmm. And it's something that I look forward to it makes me feel better and keeps me running healthy. Yeah, like Molly, you know, my best running friend and an occasional co host on here, she has really generous health insurance. Mm -hmm. And so um, acupuncture is included in it. And I'm so envious because ours doesn't cover it. And so she just has a regular acupuncture appointment and just goes just to kind of make sure everything's, you know, her cheese flowing and, you know, keeping her, her knee in as best shape as possible. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, if you can find out, I mean, my gosh, I also think her insurance might pay for occasional massage appointments. I mean, it's just... It's yeah, it's max it's that, max fair. those out and find out what your insurance has and, and Seriously. utilize it. <laughs> Seriously. Pretend you're your kids and go in and get their treatments. You right? know? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I don't believe in insurance fraud. Um, so, <laughs> um, all right. We have, um, uh, Emily had a second question. We asked one of hers earlier, and this one is, um, she wants to know the best glute and hip strength moves and also the best dynamic stretches for this area. I get the sense that maybe it's been um, maybe sitting a little ignored over the winter and she wants to figure out how to get it in its best spring shape. Okay. Glutes and hips. So the, the best glute, if we're looking at glute max, so that's your big butt muscle, uh -huh. re best recruitment for that is to do step ups. So mm -hmm. it can be something as simple as stepping up onto your stair and then you bring that opposing knee up and hold it if you can for two seconds. Uh -huh. um, but also just stepping up and then stepping back down is good too. And as you get more accustomed to it, you can hold weights, you can push a kettlebell above your head or a dumbbell above your head. So that would be one. Mm -hmm. um, the other glute muscle that we don't wanna neglect is our glute med. So it's kind of at the top on the side mm -hmm. and that you've probably seen Dimity doing on some of her strength yes. videos if you're in any of the programs. Um, so with that, you've got a band and you can just get bands. Gosh, you can get them on Amazon mm -hmm. and you know, you want a few different resistances as, as you get uh, stronger, you'll need them. And you can put the band to start around your ankles low, 
and just focus on pushing one leg out to the side and then bringing the other one in to meet it. So the, the work is pushing that leg out and making sure that you're not using the knees or anything else. You're using, you know, the side of your glute to push out. And, and what are you lying on your side? You're lying oh, on your so back. So in this, you're just standing kind of oh, like standing. in a, in, okay. a, in a semi squat position. So a little bit crouched down mm -hmm. uh, and you're maintaining that position as you go, let's say you take 10 to 15 steps to your right and gotcha. then you come back to your left. Gotcha. So that's a good glute exercise. Of course, you know, you, you can do clams, but I feel like we've all been through the do 20 clams and, you know, come back next week type of routine with our PT. <laughs> and so I think we need to move past the clams. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you can also do, um, I like doing the good old fire hydrant. So mm -hmm. like quadruped, you know, you're, you're like on all fours and you can put that band above your knees mm. and do, um, kind of like the fire hydrant move like that. That's yep. really good for the glutes. Um, just basic squats are good for the glutes and then your hips, you know, it, it's all connected. So it, it's kind of like core work. Like we don't need to specifically work our core if we're doing other strength training because everything is core hips, glutes, you know, that's mm -hmm. all your core. So any of these moves will also address the hips, but of course you can do things like a, a side lying plank with some hip dips. You can do um, bridges, hip mm -hmm. thrusts. So like you're in a bridge position, but you're pushing your, your hips up mm -hmm. So anything like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot of foam rolling of my hips and that feels quite good and get being on yeah. the side and then laying so that I get kind of more the front of it. Um, good. and good. yeah, I do that before I go running. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to activate. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And all right. So we have a few race questions from the optimists in the crowd. Um, so <laughs> Amanda uh, wants to know how to mentally prepare to be on a start line again. She says a few races are opening back up where she is, which is central New York. And she feels like she doesn't know how to race anymore. And boy, when I read that question on Facebook, I'm like, oh, Amanda, I know. Like what? Standing in a starting corral? I don't remember how to do that. Yes, it, it is funny because it's all about nerve and like anxiety management and trying to figure <laughs> out what's trying to manage uh -huh. that. And in fact, we had a half marathon go off uh, Sunday here. Wow. Um, yeah. And it kind of was it was it was a great and I addressed this all last week because it's local to me. Uh, people mm -hmm. were just out of their minds because they were stressed <laughs> out. They they didn't even know what to eat. They like they felt like they were, you know, a fish out of water. So some of the stuff that I, that I did in preparation for that, or, or what I'm going to suggest here is you almost have to try to recreate some of the nervousness of, of racing. Um, and nerves are good. Nerves mean that you care. So people yeah. are always like, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. That's good. Cause if you mm -hmm. woke up in the morning and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm going to go run a half marathon or 10 K today, then <laughs> right. That's what's yeah. the point. Yeah. So nerves, nerves are good. So what I had, what I would recommend is, is getting your, one of your running buddies and going to the track or a trail, you know, whatever, um, and doing kind of a simulation, not of a race, but something, pick a distance, have it be a mile, do a mile time trial, mm, do mm -hmm. a mile time trial and get ready for it. But it has to be very specific. And what I mean by that, you have to set the date with your best running friend, um, mm. 8 a.m. on Saturday, you know, whatever, April mm -hmm. 1st. Mm -hmm. And you should try to eat what you would before your upcoming mm. race. Mm -hmm. And the night before, make sure that you're thinking about your race. So treat it like a race. Obviously, it's not going to be to the same anxiety level of a normal race. But trying to do a race simulation uh, is something that's really important. Um, the other thing to do is do something scary in your training. So, mm. for example, let's say that she's getting ready for a 5K. Then... Obviously, you have this one mile time trial with your best running friend mm -hmm. to look forward to and plan. Then the other thing to do is do some intervals in your training that kind of get you out of this comfort zone. And look, when you look at the workout, you're like, oh, God, that's going to be really hard. I have to do <laughs> three by two minutes at 5K effort. Oh, ouch, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And so do that. Do stuff in, that gives you a little bit 
anxiety is too strong of a word, but a little bit nervousness and butterflies in your stomach to kind of get you ready for, for some of that. The rest of it's easy. The rest of it is, you know, show up, you see your friends, you're in masks before you start, you're having a good time, you do the training, but it's the nerves in, in that that's really that you need to prepare for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Okay, so Elsa says, normally I bust out of my rut by signing up for a race. However, my town has not held any races since March of last year. Virtual races don't have the same appeal and I really don't want to have to travel to another state. And she asked for any ideas. So obviously she could do these, the time trials with her buddies and that sort of thing. Any, any other creative ideas that you all have? I think just picking some events that she could put as targets in her training. I find people tend to be all in or all out. And it's hmm. it's hard for a lot of people to string the motivation along if there's nothing on the calendar. It doesn't have to be a big race. And I totally get it if the virtual race doesn't cut it. Mm-hmm. What about, you know, a one mile time trial? What about, you know, picking a 5k route in her hometown and seeing how fast she can do it, doing some type of a run relay with her friends, just something so that it feels like there's purpose to all of this helps you answer that. Okay. This is why I'm getting up to run at five in the morning or whenever she gets out there to run um, versus just kind of, you know, just training to train, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel like at this point in our situation, we've all done enough training just to train. And it might be nice to just put some structure behind it and some purpose again. So other people don't feel enough motivation just to go out and see the daffodils that are blooming and the cherry blossoms. <laughs> There's certainly a, a strong, uh, you know, There's chuckleheads like me. There's, but, you know, it, it all depends. And we're all motivated by different things. And I don't think there's any right or or wrong. But if you're finding, like, I, I know for me, you know, just getting out there just to run to run after being a runner for so many years, it, it doesn't really cut it anymore. I like mm. to have, I like the goals mm-hmm. and they can still be far off. She might even say, okay, I think there's a 90% certainty that they're going to hold a half marathon in my town in October. And that might be a good goal to train for. But if that's too far away, just plug in some little training events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking of you all and races, I'm already looking forward to the second annual women run at our Hilton Head retreat, which was obviously, you know, the last time I saw you all and coach Jen, you came up alongside of me. And I often think of you when you were like, arms back and forth, arms back and forth. And when I'm like, Oh, my left arm, it totally crosses over my body. And I can hear you telling me while I was running on the beach, like, come on, concentrate on arm swing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really shy. So that's, that's not surprising. I enjoyed that. Uh, Elizabeth and I love that trip. That, that was little, a great trip. Uh, we had so much fun. And matter of fact, Elizabeth keeps a picture of me from this trip that she's going to use in bribery at some point. I know she will. And um, because I pretty much had a meltdown because the air conditioner was going, <laughs> going, it wasn't steady. So Elizabeth and I travel with fans. Oh, and well, you travel with fans? Oh, okay, wait. We need to back up. When you go traveling with your friends as they age and they hit that 45-year mark, just be careful. At that point, it might be like, listen, if we're going to keep being friends, we need separate rooms or we need to bring along a fan. So Jen and I traveled a few months ago, and I think I packed. It wasn't a full box fan, but it was pretty close. And, you know, that thing is clutch because it, it not wonderful. only pulls down the room, but it drowns out because, you know, some of your friends, as they get older, they might make noises that they're not aware of. <laughs> not naming names here. Oh, right? oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, but in Hilton Head, poor Steve, the maintenance guy. Oh, I can't believe you remember his name. Of course, how could I forget his name? Oh, this, bless him. This poor guy, he had to come in and deal with Jen and her thermostat issues. And he said something like, we were apologizing. He's like, don't worry. I'm, I'm divorced. I get it. And we're like, this poor man is divorced. And now he gets to spend all day fixing air conditioners. Probably as happy as can be. He doesn't have to listen to a woman complain anymore. And here's Jen complaining. Yes. Wait, so I don't quite understand. What was your beef with the air? Okay. So what I cannot stand. So I was 48 on this trip. And so next time, if Elizabeth and I go to Hilton Head, she'll be 48. So I'm going to, I'm going to save this picture. So um, I can't stand intermittent noise. So the fan was on 
and then off, then on and off all flipping night. I literally <laughs> was pulling my hair out. It was just like, did you sleep? And then I was like, oh yeah, I did. I slept like shit. <laughs> and so then, so, but if it's fans, so that's why Elizabeth and I have to travel with fans, one of us, because it just needs to be a steady hum for me. That's um, how out of control I am with my sleeping. It's really bad. Can, can I just remind you that <laughs> you could have opened your sliding glass door and there is a constant sound right outside. It's called the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, no, my oh, room, our no. room faced the parking lot. Oh, I'm sorry, sunshine. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, we you're... file our complaint about <laughs> that. Because yeah. if you're co-owner of the brand, yeah. you get an oceanfront room. Yeah. When you're, when you coach five of the programs, you look at the parking lot. So you know what? I, you know, so here's our request. Can you put Elizabeth and I on the ocean? So we, well, we don't kill each other. We just, because we've traveled and we've been friends for a very long time. We just, I, I just call my friend, Steve. Are we making requests? Because I'm going to be like JLo. I want red M&Ms only. I want hot lemon water. I want white roses. Savannah boy. Calla lilies. Can I say that out loud? I want a Cabana boy. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth, oh. I think Sarah thinks, think, I think she thinks we're joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It is going to be priceless to be back there again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm also reminded of my father who would just was the most patient man in the world. And, but when uh, I was driving to college for the first time, so freshman year, it was my parents and me in the car. My parents let me drive part of the way. And so I guess I wasn't accelerating smoothly. Like, I guess I would step on the gas and let my foot off, step on the gas. And my dad suddenly snapped. He's like, can you accelerate smoothly? <laughs> so, so I get it. Some people don't like that intermittent sound or motion. I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Okay. So now we've taken that. We've, we've gone to Hilton Head. We've taken a little side tour. So let's, uh, we got one final question from Carrie. And she says, uh, during this time with no races to train for, what are some unique monthly running challenges that could keep me motivated? And I'd, I'd say let's expand it to challenges because I think of uh, the one that jumps to mind is, you know, a, a plank a day challenge, that sort of thing. So how about each of you toss out some some challenges that people could be um, putting out there for themselves? What about a... I'm trying to think of the challenges we've had athletes do or we've seen online. So what, what about something like every hour you're going to go out and run a set duration or set, set distance. And you do that for, I don't know, five hours, six hours, four hours, whatever, something mm -hmm. like that. Or, you know, people do the challenges where you're running every oh, like three hours, like the, yeah, like the Yeti challenge or, Gosh, I think it was David Goggins who had one. It was like, you're going to run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. I think he just did that one. Completely. Oh, that's painful. That's a right? really long 48 yeah. hours. My but gosh. That, yeah. Something, something like that. That's really that's, outside that, of your comfort Needless to say, that's a man who never had to breastfeed. Right. You know, like <laughs> those challenges so remind me of breastfeeding. The whole, yes. like, you're going to feed your babies every, you know, like three hours or more round the clock. That's when you realize that time is a continuum, that it really doesn't take a break when you go to sleep, that the, the clock is still ticking and going. So true. <laughs> I think that's what's ru what ruined me for having more kids. Honestly, yeah. breastfeeding the twins. I think that that, that was the, the, the shell that, you know, that broke for me. The, the, I have to say, so I was um, getting a manicure when I was about eight months pregnant with the, with my twins. And, um, you know, of course, there I am largely pregnant. So, oh, you know, what are you having? Da, 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 da. And another woman at the salon said she had twins. And she said that um, when breastfeeding them, she didn't leave her house for the first year. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at her and I just thought to myself, <laughs> no, note to self, do not repeat that mistake. <laughs> no, and you're absolutely right. So when I had little, little twins. So the doctor was like, you know, you need to feed each of them every hour. Oh well, my gosh. okay. Yeah. So that's 24 hours a day. They're like, well, I can't, so you, I can't stop. No, <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm out. I lasted eight weeks. Pretty, pretty oh. much ruined me though. Wow. See, I, I um, 
used to joke before I started another mother runner, I said that my um, headstone was going to say, wrote for the New York Times and exclusively breastfed her twins for one year. Oh, that's, like see, that's point. impressive. You, you deserve a medal for that. Honestly, I'm yeah. not being funny. It's true. I, I, I give you credit. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I felt like they were, those were the two greatest accomplishments of my mm -hmm. life. So. <laughs> that's, I, honestly, that's impressive. I was losing my, I was losing my mind. So, wow. Yeah. I did not know yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. I, um, well, I tandem nursed them. So, and from the get-go, the I had the meanest night nurse. Oh, she was mean. Um, oh. The first night after they were born, and I had this enormous thing that made a boppy look like a neck brace. I mean, it this thing was massive. It was a life raft. And um, so I had it there at the hospital, and she looked at it. She's like, well, you brought it. Let's put it to use. And I'm like, okay. Oh. <laughs> so, she, she was also the person who totally... Uh, this is a total another tangent. So you know, I have three kids. I have Phoebe and then my twins are John and Daphne. And she had met Phoebe and she obviously knew the twins because uh, they were there at the hospital. And she said, Phoebe and Daphne, really original names. What's with John? And, uh, and so, <laughs> so I had, uh, she had met my husband who is a John who goes by the nickname Jack. And I said, well, uh, you know, he's named after his dad. And she goes, well, your husband's name is Jack. And I'm like, well, Jack's a nickname for John, you know, like Jack Kennedy. She goes, are you referring to the president? <laughs> and I'm like, am I the only one who called Jack Kennedy? <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so, so my Jack shows up the next day at the hospital. And the first thing I say is other people called JFK Jack, right? <laughs> yeah, they did. You, you're absolutely right. I mean, John is, is obviously much, he's more, more known for John, but yeah, John and Jack sometimes are intermixed. Yeah, she just was like, had never heard that Jack was a nickname for John. And when I told another friend of mine that story, because Daphne and Phoebe are both Greek names, she goes, what? Should you have called your son Stavros? <laughs> 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 so, all right. Okay, so let's circle back to monthly running challenges. Um, any ideas there, Jen? You know, something... I don't mean to sound so trite when I say, oh, 5K, 10K, but sometimes just starting and doing the basics, um, you know, back to my point earlier about creating that nervousness and that race energy. Sometimes if you put together a 5K, and now that we're kind of, I don't want to stay on the backside of COVID, but we're, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, mm -hmm. grab a few friends and do a mock 5K. That's what I would mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. You know, do it, mark it out ahead of time mm -hmm. and treat it like a race. Even buy yourself medals. I had mm -hmm. an athlete in uh, in England who turned fifty this week, and I put together a DIY do your do it your own try camp for her this week. One of the oh, things sweet. I had her do was an uh, an open marathon excuse me half marathon race mm -hmm. um, to kick off, which sounds excessive, but she's training for an Ironman, so it's it's in perspective, it's okay. But she kicked off her week running an open mar half marathon on Monday yesterday, and her husband bought her a medal. It was the cutest thing ever. Um, and that's what she wanted to do for her big birthday. And so just stuff like that to keep it fun and um, still challenging. 5K, 10K, half marathon, or, or come up with some kind of relay with your best running friend where, mm -hmm. you know, one of you runs four miles, the other one runs five miles, or run 10 miles one week, 15 miles the next week, 20 miles the next week, whatever in, you know, obviously, whatever your level is right now, but do stuff to mix it up and have some fun with it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nice, nice. I'm thinking about all our extra metals in our stock room. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how I can distribute them to people. Right? <laughs> I've been uh, desperately trying to find places that recycle used metals. Um, so, well, great talking with you gals. As predicted, we went on some lovely tangents, <laughs> which I always adore doing. So, so thank you both. And, um, you know, I am head of the retreat. So, you know, you might have some sway there. I, I can't promise red M&Ms, but I think I might be able to pull off a oceanfront view for you. I've got a list. Yeah. Got, I'm sending it to HR. <laughs> you know, I'm also head of HR at AMR. I was going to say, can you send me your address? Because I have not passed bribery. <laughs> nice. To the bottom of all my emails, at the bottom of all my emails. Perfect. Done. All right, ladies. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Thanks. All right. To kick off spring, as we alluded to, honestly, it was not a paid promotion in there. 
we are debuting new merch in the Mother Runner store on Saturday, March 20th, which is the first day of spring. And included in that collection are our first ever shorts. Oh my goodness. They are fabulous. They are by our partner Corsa, which is um, the private label of Roadrunner Sports. And so we have a track style short and a compression short that's six inches that has that has a pocket, a big pocket on either side. Oh my goodness, they're fantastic. And so we got those two shorts that have really cute um, retro Another Mother Runner logo on them. We have um, three tank tops, one lifestyle tee, and two really nice lightweight hoodies. And they're all part of our Go collection because I just felt like that was a word that was speaking to people this season. And as we alluded to, maybe races, maybe you'll be going to races or, you know, be the start of a race, that sort of thing. And so these are the perfect things to either wear to a race or wear on the starting line. Um, and some of the photos that we took last week, you know, you can wear these hoodies to and from yoga, whatever you feel like. Um, they are fabulous. Those will be in the Mother Runner store on Saturday, March 20th. And if you follow us on social media, you'll see loads of pictures of them. So um, check them out. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Hey, Sarah. Yes. You've heard of medals for metal, right? But I thought you had to, I thought those had to be used and had to be like, imp- have meaning for you. Oh, you I know? don't know. Ooh, I don't I thought- know either. Yeah, I thought they had to be, you know, oh, this was my first half marathon. This was a marathon, you know, my 10th marathon. I didn't think you could just be like, oh, we have 200 no. extra medals. It yeah. just, I think it's just medals from past races that you don't want anymore. Oh, I mean, this is like, we got like 200 Love the Run You're With medals, mm. you know, that type of thing. Um, and supposedly they're, I don't know, it. On our shop gal and I both are plagued by thoughts of throwing stuff out. So, yeah, yeah. don't throw them away. I donated all, well, not all mine, but most of mine, they were doing uh, kids programs at my school. So I ran the boys, when my kids were in grade school, I ran the boys run program because there was always girls on the run, girls on the run. There was never boys on the run. Yeah. So I did a quote unquote boys on the run. And I, when they were done, I had maybe 50 or 75 kids, boys from Mm -hmm. uh, first grade to fifth grade. I gave Uh them all my medals. That is so cute. Yeah. They loved darling. it. So something like that. I mean, obviously not 200, but yeah. Yeah. You know, I did, I have seen signs around though for girls on the run. They're starting that um, in April here. And I wonder if, I don't know, the love medals are awful cute. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good thought. Thank you for the suggestion. You're welcome. All right. Bye gals. Okay. Bye guys. <laughs>